Take the five daily helpers online course to help you feel and cope better. Protecting yourself against the stresses and strains of daily life can be a challenge. Open Forwards helps you live life to the full by giving you the knowledge, the skills and the support to make yourself calmer, healthier and more confident. Find out how to sign up by moving on up to www.openforwards.com. Open Forwards helps you discover effective self-help, get some solid guidance that has a scientific basis and save time by getting straightforward rundowns on the stuff that works. This is Self-Help SatNav. Welcome to another exciting episode of Self-Help SatNav. I'm Jim Lucas, the founder of Open Forwards and your show host. Today, I am interviewing Benji Schoendorf. Benji is a trainer working across the world and he's written several books in both French and English about acceptance and commitment therapy and other third wave contextual therapies. He's a researcher at the Mental Health Institute in Montreal University which is in Quebec, Canada. And he also runs a private practice and supervision uh, within an organization called Contextual Psychology Institute. And you can see his details at www.contextpsy.com. Now, some of the books that he's written are Act, Practitioner's Guide and the Science of Compassion, along with Dennis Turch and Laura Silberstein, as well as the Act Matrix with Kevin Polk. Now, these books are primarily for mental health professionals. But the reason I want Benji on here today is that he has written a book about something called the Act Matrix. And the Matrix is both a tool for practitioners to use with their clients, but also for people to use for themselves. I use this for myself and my life. And so I'm taking the show in a slightly new direction here, which is up until now, I've just focused on books and apps as being useful self-help. But I'm going to break that down a bit more and broaden it out so that we can start to focus on self-help tools. And the matrix is such a tool. And you might want to get a bit of paper for this episode today because it will help you see how you can use this tool for yourself. So if you grab an A4 piece of paper and put it landscape view and draw a couple of lines on it, one going down the middle of the page from top to bottom vertically, and the other one going across the middle of the page horizontally. So in essence, you've got four quadrants on your page. And Benji actually takes me through an example of something I'm struggling with to give you a taster of how this can be used and how you can use it for yourself. So we're going to get into this interview now and I'll talk to you again on the other side. Okay, Benji, thanks for uh, doing this with me today. First of all, I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about the ACT matrix and what it is. 
So the matrix is just a really simple, intuitive and direct way to do acceptance and commitment therapy. Kind of to our listeners, is there some simple way of just beginning to explain the tool, what it is and what it can do for people? Sure, it's actually more than a tool and it's based on a diagram, two uh, bisecting lines on a piece of paper. And the horizontal line represents what we do when we do something, we're always doing something either to move towards the good stuff or to move away from the uh, bad stuff. So on the right-hand side is this uh, moving toward, and on the uh, left-hand side, the uh, moving away. Okay. So I'm wondering if perhaps we could give people a much more sort of real live taste of this if we do something where we can't you, you should sort of take me through one of my struggles one of my experiences yeah absolutely so um you know what what are the kind of things that you would like to be able to move toward are there people and things that are important to you team yes there are and i guess some of those things i find easier to do and some of those things i find more tricky to do and I guess kind of in a consistent way. So something that comes to mind at the moment is um, engaging in exercise as often as I would like to. Right. Yeah. So engaging in exercise is something that's important to you, right? It is, yeah. So we're just going to write it down in the uh, bottom right part under this horizontal line that we did with uh, two arrows. And we're going to put this on the toward side, which is the right-hand side. At the bottom. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, exercise is important to you. Yeah. You know, I like to ask, uh, Jim, I like to ask people first who is important to them. So, can I ask you who is important to you? Yeah. So, my partner and my children. My partner, my children. Um, my family and family yeah. and, and uh, my different friends and my friends cool can I just ask you Jim are, are you also important to you <laughs> yes I am yeah <laughs> okay great so let's write yourself down there also yeah okay and amongst the things that are important to you you mentioned exercise right yeah anything else showing up as being important to you? Um, I guess kind of looking after myself, how well I take care of myself. Looking after myself, good. Um, and also my relationships, I guess, I guess kind of one of the things that's shown up and I've discovered it'd be more important to me is, 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 is showing gratitude to people. Right, my relationships and showing gratitude. Gratitude. So I'm also writing it down, you know, so I, I keep track of it. So that's a pretty good sample, Jim, of uh, things and people that are important to you. My partner, my children, my family, my friends, me, exercising, looking after myself, my relationships, and showing gratitude. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Jim, can I ask you, is it just me? Uh, have you also noticed that sometimes when you want to do things to move towards these people and things that are important to you, stuff 
shows up and gets in the way. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. God. <laughs> That's reassuring. It's not just me then. <laughs> no, I think we're in that same so, boat there. Yeah. So when we look through this point of view, you know, at what can show up and get in the way, there's what, you know, what I would call outside obstacles and outside obstacles are things like maybe um, geographical distance, you know. I have friends in France that I like to do things with, but I can't now because I live in Quebec. So that's kind of an outside of obstacle. And these are important, but we're going to look at them later. And also what I would call the uh, inner obstacles. So these are things that show up inside of us and that can actually get in the way of, you know, moving towards who and what is important to us. So have you noticed any of these inner obstacles? So they can be thoughts, they can be emotions, they can be memories, maybe even bodily sensations. Well, the first thing that comes to mind in terms of exercise is that um, I might I might feel too tired, but certainly the thought I'm too tired shows up. Feeling tired and the thought I'm too tired. So I write this down bottom left yeah. now, under the arrow on the left, and when it's a thought, I just put it in uh, inverted commas to remind us it's a thought. So And also the thought, I'm too tired. Yeah. Excellent. When I think about that, mm. I, I can I can have an image of like a physical sensation and of, of kind of on my face and a uh, that is uh, uh, kind of a bit of a headache, uh, kind of dry right. eyes. Um, so a headache, dry eyes can also show up. Cool. Anything else? Um. I guess kind of an urge to just sort of do something really easy. Um, not, yeah. The urge to do something easy. That's also reassuring because I thought that one was only me also. Something <laughs> easy. Anything else may show up for you? It's kind of a bit of a battle that goes in my head, like I feel like I should do it. And then I kind of say, yeah, and I'll feel really good once I've done it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I get I get a bit of back and forth between that and between, yeah, but um, you should also just uh, do something easy because, you know, then you're looking after yourself that way as well. So like a bunch of shoes and this yeah. back and forth? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it might be that I feel like I've had a long day and I'm gonna cycle home, and I'll and then I'll say, oh, right. I just can't, I just can't do it right now today. I'll leave my bike here. Right. Yeah. So, so I just can't do it. Can also show up, right? I just yeah. can't do it right now. You know what, Jim? That's already a pretty good sample of uh, stuff that can that you've noticed showing up and getting in the way. You know, feeling tired, thoughts like I'm too tired, I just can't do it right now, bit of a headache, dry eyes, the urge to do something easy, and a bunch of shoots and this of shoots and this kind of back and forth going on for a while. Cool. So that's pretty cool. So let me just ask you right now, who chooses who and what is important to you, 
and who can actually notice all this stuff that shows up and gets in the way who can choose and who can notice um well i who can, who can yeah, I, was choose? Gonna, I was gonna say Go i can choose ahead. okay so um so i was saying you know we write i noticing at the center of this point of view because i can notice and choose who and what is important to me and i can also notice the inner stuff that shows up and gets in the way right okay and now we're going to move to the uh, second part of this point of view which is the top of the matrix and at the top of the matrix goes what everybody can see you know imagine you were on some tv reality show these are the things that people could see you do on screen okay yeah. So let's start with the away side. So what what is it that we can see you do when that stuff shows up and gets in the way? So it's away side is the top left. Right, it's the top left. Okay. So what do I do? Uh, so I would uh, I'd I'd get the bus home or the taxi home instead. Right. So get the bus or taxi home. Um, I would um, so I mentioned a bit earlier there'd be a bit of sort of mental wrangling I'd be uh, I'd be kind of trying to tell justify why I shouldn't why it's okay not to do it right what do we see you do when you do that um, probably probably pacing about um, okay might see me kind of doing things in a bit of a sort of sporadic manner like uh, I'll go over here and start doing that or I'll go over there and start doing something else all right so start doing start doing this or that hmm. this and that this and that yeah okay cool so you know when we're talking, so this is, these are what we call the aware moves, and I'm noticing you're kind of focused on your exercise thing, but you can just, you know, look at them more broadly, maybe. Other things you do when stuff shows up and gets in the way, maybe not directly related to exercising. Yeah, okay, so um, there might be things to do with work that are on my mind, so... I might be uh, checking things on my phone. Okay, check things on my phone. Uh, I know I look at social media a bit too frequently. I thought that was only me. <laughs> <laughs> look at social media. Um, and I know I'll, I'll go for that chocolate bar. That I'm trying oh. that I'm trying not to eat. Go for the chocolate bar. Well, so that's a pretty cool sample of what we call away moves. Now we call them away moves because they're things we do to move away from the inner obstacles, or sometimes under the control of those inner obstacles. So you know, amongst the away moves you've noticed, there's getting the bus or taxi home, pacing about, starting this, and then. This other thing, checking things on my phone, looking at social media, and going for that chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. That's pretty good. And that, there are probably yeah. many other things in there as well that 
<laughs> right, right. There's many other. For sure, I'm also. I also noticed, you know, many other of those away moves. And now to um, to complete this point of view, you know, let me ask you: What is it that we could see you do to move towards who and what is important to you? And we're going to write those actions, those toward moves on the uh, top right of our matrix point of view. And here again, remember that. These would be things that we could see you do, you know. Think again, TV reality show, if I was filmed 24-7, what would I be seen doing? Okay, so... Um, I guess kind of... If I was at home, I'd just be... You'd see me kind of putting things down and maybe just sitting, sitting down more with my children and paying attention to them. So kind of right. eyes on them. Sit down with my children and pay attention to them. Yeah. Cool. I guess you'd see me um, having more conversation and play with them. Play with them. I guess you would see me also planning when I'm going to do my exercise more. So um, maybe putting pen to paper about when I'm going to do it, like on a, calendar, okay. on a calendar or something. Okay, write down when I'm going to exercise. Cool. Anything else? I think planning um, meals as well. Mm -hmm. So planning what we're going to cook for that evening or the week. Okay, what do we see you do? What would we see you do when you plan meals? Write a shopping list. And, okay. Uh, communicate with my partner about that uh, I'm going to cook this. Does she like the sound of that tonight? Talk with uh, my partner about about future meals. Cool. Excellent. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I'd be doing sort of um, more stretching and and core strength exercises as well. Home. Okay. Yeah, in the house. Stretching and core strength exercises. Yeah, because that reminds me of, you know, one thing that pops up in my head that might pull me away might be, oh, I've got a bit of an injury. I should rest that part of my body. Okay. But I know that that's related to. Not doing so it. where would you put that? Where would you put that in your matrix? I would put that in the bottom left, I think. Yeah, you're getting pretty good at this gym already. <laughs> and yeah, so I can see. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So that's a pretty good, you know, that's a pretty good sample of things that we could see you do to move towards when was important to you, sitting out with my children and paying attention to them, playing and talking with them, writing down when I'm going to exercise, planning meals, writing shopping lists, talking with my partners about future meals, 
doing stretching and core strength exercises, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, very cool. Uh, I've noticed you've written like uh, checking things on my phone on the away move side, but I wonder if you've ever noticed checking things on your phone as a toward move. Yeah. Have you ever checked things on your phone to move towards someone or something important to you? Yeah. So it might, cool. it might be in a pursuit of gratitude, for example. Right. And so let me ask you, Jim, when you check something on your phone, who can actually notice if you're doing it more as a no way move, as a toward move, or maybe a little bit of both? Well, that would be me. That would be you. So you see, you're really at the center of this point of view. You can choose and notice when what is important to you. You can notice your inner obstacles and you can notice if what you do is to move away from your inner obstacles, to move towards home or what is important to you or maybe a bit of both. I'm with you, yeah. And we've, we're nearly finished, but I need to ask you a couple of questions to wrap up this point of view. The first question is the following. Imagine, Jim, that you could choose between two possible lives. Life number one, on the left is a life in which most of what you do, I didn't say everything that you do, but a majority of your actions are actually to move away or under the control of that bottom left stuff. Mm -hmm. And life number two, the life on the right hand side is a life in which most of what you do, and again, I didn't say all of what you do, but a majority of your actions are to move towards who and what is important to you. Right. Imagine that the choice I'm going to invite you to make in a few seconds could actually determine the rest of your life from this moment onwards. Which of these two lives do you choose? Well, number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, moving toward life, right? Yeah. So that's pretty cool because it's also the life I'm choosing. And, you know, this matrix and act, acceptance and commitment therapy in general are about making it easier for us to choose the moving toward life. Right. Speaking of which, would you be interested in learning how to more easily choose to do these toward moves, even in the presence of the stuff that shows up and gets in the way? Most definitely. And do you think that's possible? It, not only is it possible, but it's actually a skill that you can train and what we do when we use the matrix, the matrix is actually a super effective way of training that skill. And we've developed a, a six steps approach to training that skill, which, you know, in uh, psychological terms is known as psychological flexibility. So it's the skill of being able to more easily choose to do what's important to us, even in the presence of obstacles. And so we've developed this six steps approach that's proved to be quite effective in training that skill. And in fact, we've even, uh, we're starting to gather the first um, data about its effectiveness. We've got some preliminary data that uh, shows that the, uh, the ACT matrix could actually be uh, even more effective than ACT on its own. Uh, and that data, the, uh, these data are particularly interesting because they're with a very difficult population and so that's uh, that's a pretty good uh, indication. And the other thing about it is that it's actually super simple to to train. You see, it took me uh, just a few minutes to watch you through it, 
and we do the same with clients and it's uh, we found it to be uh, super effective and it gives us the, the chance to uh, develop a common language and a common perspective super quickly with clients. I would generally do this in the first session and uh, every single one of my clients votes for that moving toward life. Right, yeah, as, as I did easily. As, as you did. As, a, as obviously saying that out loud, but it, it's a very simple exercise and I was able to follow it as you were doing it. Um, and uh, you were saying about where you've noticed it help clients you've worked with. Could you say something about like the range of problems that people have had where this has helped? Yeah, so, uh, you know, in the same way as for ACT, this is a fully trans, uh, I even hesitate to say trans diagnosis because it helps not only people who can meet criteria for recognized uh, disorders, but actually helps more broadly, even in, uh, you know, coaching context, in uh, organizational context, this matrix has been really useful to help uh, organizations and businesses and groups and uh, of course, it helps people with a whole range of uh, of uh, mental disorders. So you know, I've seen it work really well for people with uh, anxiety, people struggling with depression, people uh, stuck with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, people with uh, eating disorders. I've seen it work really well also uh, with um, people with uh, things like you know on the. Uh, borderline personality spectrum. So it's uh, it's proved to be very effective for very broad populations. It works really well with uh, teenagers and it's also uh, worked really well uh, with couples. And uh, when you work with couples, there's something really interesting that happens with it is that very quickly by just putting things on their matrix, couples become able to talk about some pretty hot button issues without uh, throwing the uh, family silver at each other's Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, it sounds very accessible, first of all, is what you're saying. It can help with lots of different problems. Um, just to follow up on the couples bit, do you get people, do you get couples to write their stuff on the same piece of paper or do one each? Yeah, I actually get them to do one each, and I do one, I, and I do the couples matrix. So, and on the couples matrix, I write what is common to both of them, if you like. So that gives them the uh, a joint point of view, and also a, a chance to identify their common purpose as a couple, which generally, you know, helps them to uh, to orient towards what's important to them in, in in this relationship. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 That sounds really useful. Yes, I guess kind of one final question, if I could put this to you. Sure. Is, um, it was, it, I appreciated you saying earlier that uh, you noticed these things in yourself when mm -hmm. I was talking about how these things kind of showed up for me. Right. And I, and I wondered, um, is this a tool that you use for you in your life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it is the, uh, the one main tool I use in my life. And, uh, you know, the beauty for me and the value of the ACT model is that it's not a model of abnormal functioning. We are all subject to the very same processes. So we all, you know, we can, we can all, all of us can look through this point of view and notice when what's important to us, notice what shows up and gets in the way, notice what it 
what it is that we do when we get hooked by the stuff that shows up and gets in the way and also notice what the person we want to be would do you know what uh, we could do to move towards when what's important to us and as we train ourselves to notice that and I believe it's a lifelong practice it's not like you know solving a problem once and for once we train ourselves to notice that then that's what makes it easier to um, choose to do what's important to us even in the presence of obstacles and it's personally it's totally changed my life for one thing, it's allowed me to uh, to write when I could never write before. Now I'm like on my sixth or seventh book. I even forget that. And most importantly, personally, it's allowed me to start to uh, build and nurture the relationships that are most important to me with my wife, with my child, and with my friends. Life number two. Life number two, indeed. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, it sounds like there's, there's, there's testament there in your own experience. There's also what you're saying you've noticed about how well it's helped other people. And, uh, and, and I appreciate you giving me a chance to kind of do this with you today. Hopefully I can start to use this and pay more attention to it over the next couple of weeks and beyond as well. Absolutely. Well, and, and in fact, because you're going to be uh, editing this thing before you put it out, why don't you try and do that for the next two weeks? And then maybe you can add something to the end of your podcast and say, so, you know, Benji said this in the podcast and I did a little bit of that noticing for the next two weeks. And this is what I noticed. How would you be? Would you be open to doing that, Jim? I, I am. I, yeah, that's a good invitation. I'll. Uh... Yeah, yeah, because when this comes out as well, give me a chance to uh, have put this into practice by the time people will hear that. Right. And if if it's helpful to you in any way, feel free to uh, email me every couple of days to uh, tell me what toward and away moves you've noticed. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Great. That's been been such a a great exercise to have experienced and um, I think the listeners will find that useful as well. Um, and uh, I'll let people know about the uh, two-day uh, Six Steps to Flexibility Act Matrix workshop that you're doing over in London next year. I've got the dates here, actually. It's the 3rd and 4th of March, 2017, and uh, right. that's been run by Contextual Consulting, so people can go to contextualconsulting.co.uk to book their places. And, and I want to add one last thing, you know, for uh, people who may be interested in coming to this workshop. There's some good data that shows that ACT protects um, healthcare professionals from burnout. And I'm really, I really, we really take this to heart in the six steps model. And one of the main goals of the six steps model, one of the main uh, effects of it on, uh, on clinicians is to actually allow clinicians to work much less hard and to work much less which is kind of cool because it leaves them a lot of time and energy to pursue the other people and things that are important to them in life beyond their work. I think that will tap into people's desires in quite a significant way. Yeah, yeah, great. That's good to know. Thanks for uh, uh, meeting with me today, Benji. Well, thank you very much for having me, Jim. It's been a, it's been a blast. <laughs> Great. I look forward to meeting you next year. Yeah, me too. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So I just uh, really loved that interview with Benji. Really nice guy and loved participating in that exercise as well. 
And um, as you can see, Benji invited me to share with you what I'd noticed in the time since we've recorded that interview up till now um, in using that matrix. And I guess what I noticed was that when I had that matrix out, when I looked at it more often, more regularly, it helped me kind of slow down and remind myself that with all the stuff that goes on in my head about what's what I want to do, what I want to, what needs to get done, that I can lose sight of more consciously the directions I want to go in, like the people that are important, the things that are important. And the bit about me noticing that I am this person that can notice all of this stuff that helps me move towards or away, I found really helpful not just to kind of sort of see things as as black and white. Like the example of looking at my phone, like I, I got better at noticing that at times I might be using that purposefully and at other times I'm just mindlessly picked up the phone and I've started looking at it and there's other other things kind of happening around me like the other night for example my children were playing and were asking me to play and it and I and I didn't notice them kind of asking at first but I'm, I'm grateful that after a short amount of time I was able to notice that they were asking me I was caught up on my phone and then I was able to put the phone down and the experience of actually having done that seemed really well just brilliant because that's that's kind of what it is that I was looking to achieve and also with the cycling home from work I noticed that slowing down throughout the day meant that come the end of the day I've been more able to uh, I've been more able to commit to it I've been more able to find the motivation to, to do it so I guess they're the big things that I've noticed from that so thanks Benji for inviting me to uh, reflect on that and share that with everyone here. I'm just going to remind everybody of that workshop for practitioners that's coming up. It's on the 3rd and 4th of March in 2017 in London. Six Steps to Flexibility, which is a two-day introduction to the ACT matrix. You can book onto that if you go to contextualconsulting.co.uk slash workshops. I'd also like to ask you to just pop over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Apparently, if you do that, it means you'll get more presents this Christmas. Bye for now.